All right, well, good evening, everybody. Always a pleasure. Let's open up in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you again, Lord, for this evening. God, thank you for the coolness of the night and thank you, Lord, for the fall coming upon us. Lord, I just ask right now, Lord, that you will honor this time that we have together. God, that it will be a pleasing aroma, Lord, that in our worship, both in our singing and praise and in our time of listening and learning, God, let that be given to you. We thank you, Lord. We love you and we praise you. Amen. So we just came off of talking about the Tower of Babel. And then we see how the Lord, yes, for his glory, caused the language of his people to be broken up. And what we're starting to see right now is that God is setting his people on the path of redemption. And that begins in this section with God's unconditional promise to Abraham, which we call the Abrahamic covenant. And the placement here is significant. For the Abrahamic covenant entails the blessing not only for Abraham and his descendants, but it's also meant to bless all the families of the earth. This underscores both the the preeminence of God's love for humanity among the factors that motivate him to lay out the path of redeeming his people, culminating in the, the sacrifice that we one day see in Jesus Christ. So if you would, please turn with me to Genesis 12, and we're going to read together verses 1 through 9. Genesis 12, 1 through 9. And we remember this is the word of the Lord. Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place that is Shechem, to the oak of Moreh, and that time the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. And he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And from there he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord, and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going towards the Negeb. Before the creation of the world, God alone existed. He acted out on his divine 
decisions to to create for his glory, and yes, to bless his people. Yet man willfully rebelled against God's command. And this resulted in separation from God's presence and his bountiful provision that he had given them in the Garden of Eden. And then humanity in their sinful and separated condition, in their broken condition, there was nothing that they could do, nothing that you or I can do to restore this relationship with God. Humanity depended on God to restore the relationship that was lost, that was gone through sin. Which makes perfect sense, because how can perfection, how can perfecting a relationship come from someone or something that is broke, already broken? So God, in His grace, established a covenant with Abraham that promised restoration of this relationship, the establishment of a people, and the provision of a land. God was the one that established it. And he would be faithful to bring it about. All these covenant promises. Even when, as we will see as we go through Abraham's journey, even if Abraham was not perfect on his end, God remained faithful. After the fall of Adam and Eve and those who came after them, They demonstrated the devastating consequences of rebelling against God and us pursuing our way versus His. And then the worldwide judgment of the flood and the confusion of the languages of Babel demonstrated the evidence both of God's judgment of sin, but we've also seen His grace and long-suffering even to deal with us and towards sinners. And at this point in God's grand story of redemption, God acted to establish, yes, a covenant relationship with the people, giving them a land and through them blessing all peoples of the earth. And God's covenant promises to Abraham shows that God took initiative in exercising his grace and his faithfulness. And as we see here, Abraham responded to God's goodness with faith and obedience. When God said, go, pack up your things and journey onward, Abram obeyed. What we see through this short text is, one, we learn a bit about God's character. We see that our God is a God who acts, a God who promises and God can't break his word so when he makes a promise (laughs) that's for our blessing we have a God that does not sit idly by but he invests and he deeply desires a relationship with us so he does not simply sit and watch like a child with a magnifying glass over a pile of ants on the sidewalk no he cares he tends to and he loves his creation. Remember what verses 1 through, 1 through 3 said. It says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, God initiated, and he said, Go from your country, your kindred, and your father's house to the land I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. 
Though God had clearly acted in his righteousness, and yes, in his justice to bring judgment upon sin and the peoples of the earth, in this passage, we also see God acting in his grace and in his mercy. And he does this by establishing, yes, the covenant with Abraham and making this covenant promise that would impact not only Abraham, but all the nations of the earth. God initiated. God started this. God was the one that created his covenant with Abraham with a command to leave his land, his family, and his relatives. Abraham was not given a final destination to chart on a map. He was simply, by faith, supposed to follow God wherever he would lead Abraham to go. Abraham had two options when God presented this to him. He could either stay in his current land with his family and with his people, or by faith, follow where God would lead him. Has God ever called you to leave something that was precious even to you in order to do something according to his plan and his will? Something that was so clear that when God said, please go, please go do this, that you followed and obeyed. I can tell you, uh, for me personally, it was my call into ministry. My family, I've, I've measured it in miles and driving. They are exactly 700 miles away from me. Living in the suburbs of northern Georgia. And are there days where that is hard? Yes. But at the same time, I know God is with me. And I know God is the one that is guiding my steps in his plan. And there have been many other blessings along the way in which I've seen God at work, for which I'm thankful for. And as we will see in the coming chapters, where we see God at work in the life of Abram, and in this covenant promise, we will see God's faithfulness through this all, that even though Abraham and his family are essentially reserved to their core family unit, God remains with them through it. By faith, Abram would follow where God would lead him. We see here that in furthering how God showed his initiative, and he's involved in the life of Abram. He announced not only his involvement in this plan to Abram, but also how his provision for Abraham in the midst of this. God promised that he would make a great nation out of Abraham. That he would make Abraham's name great. His reputation would be massive to bless Abraham. And then those who would bless him would be blessed. And those who cursed him would be cursed. And yet also everybody on the earth would be blessed through Abraham. When you think about what that must have been like for Abraham, the population of this planet was much less back then. The idea of being made into a great nation is already un very hard for me to fathom out of one family, but much less for that to be created out of a small family in a, in, in a world with far fewer population, with higher mortality rates, and, and so many more challenges that you and I don't face today. To follow God by faith and to leave your sources of comfort, but also the sources of your livelihood in that age in which Abram 
lived indeed was a great act of faith. How could Abraham know that God would be able to keep his promise? That the God who made this promise is the same God who created the world and everything in it. He's the God who destroyed every living thing on the earth besides Noah and his family and those that were on the ark in the great flood. That he's the same God who confused the languages of those at Babel leading to the formation of nations and languages and different groups on earth. A God who can do all those things certainly can and is able to keep his promises to Abraham. It was within his power to do all of that. So God would tie his future actions with this promise to Abraham. And he would later remind his people that because he had made this promise to Abraham, that he would be faithful to act on their behalf to keep this promise. God is faithful. When our Lord makes a covenant, he keeps it. And yes, Abram could trust the Lord. When you consider God's promises and you consider the character of the Lord and what we see constantly throughout Scripture, what does that make you think about the day to day? When we think about our struggle and we think about who we lean upon in the hard times, Yes, we can receive some kind of comfort from the love and the hugs of a family member. Sometimes having an extra check here and there might help you feel better in certain situations. But when it comes down to it, it's really about the promises of God that we lean on the most. Remembering that the Lord loves us. The Lord that will keep us and never forsake us. That in Jesus Christ, we are his adopted children into the kingdom. And that that is held tight, never to be lost in Jesus Christ. We can have faith in the promises of God. We can trust him with the things of life and death. We can trust him in the things of our provisions and our livelihoods. We can trust the Lord with the things of enduring through the painful times to get to the end of the marathon. But our Lord has done so much, and He has always proven Himself worthy of trust, faithfulness, and worship. Not a worth which we've ascribed to Him, but a worth that is rightly devoted to Him as the one and only God of the universe. So we see here in the first three verses that our God is a God who acts, a God who promises, a God that initiates, that he's actively involved in our lives. And that required a response from Abram, as we see in verse 4, that we see a proper response to God's call. In verse 4 it says, So Abram went as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. 
And Abram took Sarai his wife and Lot his brother's son and all their possessions that they had gathered and the people that they had acquired in Haran. And they set out to go to the land of Canaan. How might you respond if God called you to leave everything that you were familiar with and everything that was dear to you? Your family, your culture, your land. And while we know that Abraham was not a perfect man by any means, the Bible is clear that he was a man who believed in the Lord, was faithful to him, and obeyed him from a point of heartfelt faith. And God graciously chose Abraham as the one with whom he would establish this covenant. God worked out this plan through the life of a man who responded to God by faith and surrender and obedience. And despite Abraham's, yes, we see his, his sin, his fear. There are times where, yes, he has unbelief that he struggles with. God continued to work through him to bring about his covenant promises. God remained faithful. That should be a comfort to us. We have so many heroes of faith that we learn about in Hebrews 11. And Abraham is considered one of the greats, a man that was simply called by the Lord to go out, and he listened and he obeyed. It was credited to him as faith. But yet he was not a perfect man. This precious covenant which God made was made with an imperfect man that would not be able to do everything well on his own. That should give us some comfort in knowing, Lord, I am a sinner. God, forgive me. That in spite of our sin, the Lord still loves us and cares for us. That he still teaches us and yes, disciplines us and holds us accountable. That he wants us to come to him in, in heartfelt repentance. That while I was still a sinner, Christ died for my sin. Through God's covenant with Abraham, God would show his grace. His power, his faithfulness, God showed his grace in choosing a man that was not worthy on his own, but who would walk by faith in and by obedience to the Almighty God who would call him. God demonstrated his power by providing, yes, a son to Abram, an elderly couple far beyond their childbearing years one day. And God would continue to be faithful just as a few short generations. He would multiply Abraham's offspring to the point that even the Pharaoh in Egypt would become fearful of their numbers. That they would, he'd fear that they became a great army at some point. To the point where he would even resort to trying to kill off every male child born among God's people. But God would continue to demonstrate his faithfulness. He would still watch over his people. He would still provide for his people. And he would protect them even when they would actively rebel against him. Yes, the Lord will discipline. He would call them to remember this promise and this covenant, the one that God was still keeping, but they had forgotten. But they would then return to repentance and for a time, faith and obedience. So how are we to respond to God's call? We have been given the word of the Lord. We have been given scripture. 
We have been gi- we've been given a great helper in the Holy Spirit. And God has taught us so much about who He is and what He is doing in our lives. And He has made it clear in so many ways. But what should our response be to all of this? God reached out to Abram, and Abram's response was faith and obedience. And if we do call ourselves children of God, ones who ride on the coattails of these covenant promises, and ones who are his adopted children, we need to ask ourselves, are we walking by faith? Are we walking, yes, in obedience? Do we admit both that God is our Lord and Savior? That he has authority over us? That his word carries weight in our lives? Paul quotes Moses. When he says this, he says, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. We take part on the edges of these promises today by his grace through faith in Jesus Christ, the promised son of our covenant keeping God, Messiah, our Lord. What are some promises you've made that have been absolutely precious to you? That you knew that if for some reason you walked away from them, that it would mean calamity. The most precious vow and covenant I have made, and I would simply say, is my marriage to my wife. That holy union, the one that is supposed to be a picture of God and the church and the Trinity A covenant such as that was not one that is meant to be taken lightly, but one that is meant that you, that you even are willing to put your life on the line for. Promises are not meant to be made lightly. And yet here, our Lord made a covenant relationship with a man and a people in order to pursue grace through Jesus Christ that all people would be saved through it. Our God is good. And our God is graceful and has shown us far more mercy than we've ever deserved. Even to the point of making a promise with someone like us. When I used to work at the credit union, um, one of the things that I learned was how to create lines of credit for people. And one of the things you used to have to do was, as you were creating those lines of credit, you had to do a background check. And in that background check, you not only saw things like criminal records and yada, 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 but you also learned about past financial history. And then it would summarize at the end is, is this particular system would tell you how much of a risk is it for you to lend money to this individual based on all the history that is out there. And if the history was good, you could provide them a a line of credit at a decent rate. If it was poor, you could provide them maybe a lesser line of credit with a higher interest rate because there was more risk. But if it was bad enough, mm, there would be nothing. 
There would be no relationship established with that particular member or customer. And you say, I'm sorry, we can't do this for you today. You might need to go somewhere else. How good is our God that when our sin was there, he did not count it against us, but he continued in that relationship anyways. That he carried the burden of our sin. And he didn't say, sorry, bye-bye, but he gave us grace and mercy through Christ. I pray that this is a comfort to you. That in, yes, your sin and in your past, that yes, that has been forgiven and God has given this gift of Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your love and for your blessings. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. And God, we thank you for your promises, your love, your faithfulness. God, as we learn more about Abram and his life and and we prepare to see what you're going to be doing through him. God, I pray that we will reflect on our own lives in terms of, God, how we follow you, our faithfulness, God, and how we say to ourselves, I believe that when God says he does something, he will do it. That my God keeps his promises and he has the power to keep his promises, no matter how great or how small. And his promises are even more amazing by the fact that, Lord, I'm a nobody. God, I'm broken. Lord, I'm a sinner in need of Jesus Christ. And yet you still made that promise. You still made that relationship. God, help us to always be grateful for what you are always doing. Amen. Y'all have a good night. God bless.